When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. Hello to you, the podcast listener, and welcome to episode 46 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Sean Basto, your host here as always. And this week, we're going to cover off the return of Amir King Khan as he looks to get another notch on his belt down in Birmingham. We're going to cover that matchroom boxing show. We've got the big vacant WBC welterweight crown between Danny Garcia and Sean Porter also this weekend. And we'll just discuss some of the action that's coming up on the undercards of them events and then we've also got this week in boxing history we've also got the news and gossip section and that sort of sums up today's episode so i think for me there's only one place that we're going to be able to start this week and that is the return of amir king khan in 40 seconds amir khan returns here in the ring are you interested in that fight i will fight calbrook and i will beat calbrook if you come down to me he was get back in the ring get the win. It's gone zero to a hundred real quick. Listen to this reception. I guarantee that my fighter will not be another Phil Greco. I'm going to pull up an upset. That's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to do what British Prescott did last time I came up here. This fight for me will lead me on to bigger fights. <laughs> Vargas stands right in front of me. I can't afford to make any more mistakes now. It's the return of Amir King Khan doing battle this weekend with Samuel Vargas. Going to be an interesting return for Khan. Obviously, we've seen him in his initial return after the layoff loss to Canelo come back and blow Phil Greco away in 40 seconds, which was unexpected to say the least. But he did look great in that and what you can make of it for 40 seconds worth of action. But this weekend, he's got Samuel Vargas. A little bit of a sterner test this time round, I would say. And I think this is going to be a great opportunity for Amir Khan now to, to show that he is back up at that world level not that he's ever left that world level but he's that he's, he's ready for another big shot a big name and I think this will be the way to do it he's dropping back down to, to welterweight for this fight and it's an intention that he's going to look to try and chase a big money fight at welterweight and I think it's likely that you know we're going to potentially see some big fights from down the line but let's concentrate 
on this fight first. So Vargas comes into the fight with a record of 29 wins, 3 losses and 2 draws on his record. Now obviously everyone looks to see who he's been in with, to see the measuring stick of the kind of fighter he's going to be and, and whether or not this is going to be a test for, or for Amir Khan or not. If you look through the record of Vargas, the most notable names that he has been in the ring with is a former Khan opponent in Danny Garcia, who he lost to. He's also been in with welterweight star Errol Spence Jr., who he also lost to as well a couple of years ago. So it kind of gives you the measure of the, the, the kind of fighter that he is. He's He's got a great record. He has been in with some, some well-known names, but when he does step up to that world level and he fights them sort of world fighters, they, they're more sort of elite fighters of the division, then he does come up short and he isn't able to get over that hurdle. So this is going to be quite an interesting fight, really. He's, he's given us a bit more of an indication of where Amir Khan is at and whether he is ready for a fight in the future, potentially with Kel Brook. There's been talk of Manny Pacquiao. Two big fights for him. I think he's going to want either one of them. The Brook one will probably make him a little bit more money, especially being held in the UK, somewhere like Wembley Stadium will probably sell out. But again, it's whether these fights can ever come about. And we've talked about this many, many times on the podcast about fights that go on, drag out for too long in terms of be, you know being made. So we are hoping that Amikan does come through this this weekend and that he does potentially get that shot at Gail Brook that we've been waiting for for such a long time. In terms of the fight itself, if I'm going to break it down, I do genuinely think this is going to be another situation where Khan blows his opponent away quite easily. And I'm not disrespecting Vargas in any way, shape or form here when I say that because he is a tough guy and a tough opponent. However, the speed of Khan, the hand speed of Khan seems to just be blinding and it seems to stun a lot of opponents who don't expect that from him. We've seen him in all the fights that he's been in and, and even in the losses that he's had to, to guys like Canelo the hand speed was too much for them at points of the fight even guys like Danny Garcia it was, it was too much for them however they landed huge punches which spelt the beginning of the end for Khan in them fights so you expect a lot out of Khan to put on another good show especially you know in Birmingham as well it's a it's a big card for Birmingham this and uh, headlined by Amir Khan and a lot of other prospects on the undercard and you know a lot of lot of other native fighters from Birmingham, so it's going to be interesting to see how this lines up on the night. I think for me, I think Khan wins this. He wins it comfortably. He wins it probably in emphatic fashion again, and it, people will start talking again about whether he can go in and beat the likes of Brook or the likes of Manny Pacquiao. And this is what what's going to get him where he needs to be for them fights. I think if he goes in there and looks a bit rusty, which I don't think he will. I really don't think he will look rusty if he goes in there and looks a bit rusty and struggles a little bit then maybe people are going to talk about the fight not happening but I think if he goes in there and blows his Vargas away we're definitely going to be looking at another Brook Khan showdown potential in the future I mean the Manny Pacquiao fight is also something to consider but I think what everybody wants to see especially UK fans want to see the Khan and Brook fight it needs to happen it needs to happen quick because both of these guys 
I would say are coming to the latter end of their career and I think this fight needs to happen soon because we're going to end up getting a fight that burns for too long that ends up not being the fight that we wanted it to be three four years ago and we all get left disappointed the biggest example of that would be Mayweather and Pacquiao that went on for five years too long and that fight didn't turn out the the, the way it wanted to be people will say Pacquiao wasn't the same guy he was five years ago which is right uh, Mayweather still the defensive genius looked great in that fight but we're never going to know this now and if these guys don't get it on sooner than later we're going to get the same potential issues and the same criticisms of the fight being made another 12 months down the line I think what Amerikan's about 30 31 now Brooke same age 31 I think both of these guys are coming to the latter end of the career for me I'm not saying that they're, uh, they're past the best but I'm just saying that they're getting into the sort of the fourth quarter of the career that that would be the way I would describe it they're coming into that point of the career now where they need big fights they need to happen soon because sooner or later they're going to start declining as a fighter it's it's, happen, it's natural it's going to happen so we want to see these big fights well these guys are both in their primes really I hope it does happen but he's got to come through Samuel Vargas first on Saturday night in Birmingham which I do comfortably see him doing probably in emphatic fashion as I've said previously so yeah great fight Amir Khan return really looking forward to it it's actually being streamed on the Dazzle network for free so that's the first big taste for you American fans out there to, to see Amir Khan and not actually have to pay to watch it pay you 60 bucks or whatever it is you have to pay normally for pay-per-views over there it'll be good for you to get a, a good glimpse of him returning because you'll have seen him over there in the likes of Danny Garcia Lamont Peterson the Canelo fight Zab Judah fight he's, you know, he's had a lot of fights over in America which he's you know, made his name and his reputation over there to, to, to his credit so it should be a good fight don't see it lasting very long I think that sort of summarises for me where this is going to go but the undercard it's quite stacked undercard I think it's I don't want to be overly critical but I think it is a bit of a mixed bag of tricks this undercard on Saturday in Birmingham because the chief support is the British title middleweight title rematch between Jason Wellborn and Tommy Langford now this did happen initially on the Groves Eubank undercard back in February where Tommy Langford at the time was the British champion Jason Wellborn went into that fight uh, 23 22 wins on his record five defeats on his record not expected to actually win in the fight but came up the victor by the end of it and it was a massive win for Wellborn a massive win for him he comes out the victor on a split decision in the first fight uh, and now goes into the rematch as the defending champion so this is going to be a very interesting fight for the undercard and I think if the, uh, the first one was anything to go by I'm expecting some drama in this one too so this is going to be a great fight you've got Sam Eggington also on the undercard the only thing with Sam Eggington is he's fighting a guy that I, I, I don't think a lot of people will have heard of and it's it's pretty it's not the fight I wanted for him to be honest with you it's not the fight I would have wanted him to be in at this point of his career I think with, with Eggington now you want to see him in now he's moved up to this super welterweight division you want to see him in bigger fights now I suppose it's probably to get him active again and get him back out and get him ready for, for another big fight but you think of the, the, the fights that he's been in you know over the past two years I first discovered Eggington from the prize fight tournament and from there I've been a fan ever since I mean the, the fights that he's been in over the past two years he had the great fight with Frank Frankie Gavin that he beat he beat Frankie Gavin he beats a, an aged Paulie Malinaje comes back and beats a Serafino Rodriguez in a great fight for the European welterweight title he then defended it against Mohamed Mimume 
in Manchester and lost it on a split decision. But I got to admit, it didn't look himself that night. I think that was the moment where we needed to see him move up, and now he has. Uh, and he had a comeback fight uh, in Liverpool earlier on this year, and Amir Khan's on the card. He comes back in Birmingham on the 30th of June this year, and he beats Peter Kramer, undefeated fighter at the time. And now we're back to seeing him in against Hassan Mouakino, and I don't know if that's the type of fight I want to see him in, to be honest with you now. I think with the level of opposition he's been in down at the welterweight division, I think he's ready for me to, to step up now in this super welterweight division. I think he is ready to start fighting bigger fighters you know, in the division. He is actually labelled as the second best super lightweight in the division. Which is uh, it's quite interesting, really, when you've got such big fighters in the division. He obviously, and box his box wreck, by the way, and they've got him at second in the country, only behind Kel Brook at super welterweight, which is quite interesting because Liam Smith sits behind him, who we see challenge Jamie Munguia not long ago. So Sam Eggington's really well up there. You know, in the rankings, and if you go to the world rankings for Sam Eggington, you've got him in at number eight. I mean, the likes you've got the likes of Kelbrook, Munguia, Charlo, Arizona, Lara, Jarrett Hurd, all above him. So that you know, he is being ranked quite highly. To be fair, so I don't know if this is the type of fight I want to see him in. And it's not like he's been inactive. You know, he has been active this year. He has had this will be his third fight of the year so far. So it's not like he has been an inactive fighter. Uh, whether it's just testing the waters still at the Super Welterweight division remains to be seen, but we'll see on Saturday night. It'll be good for Eggington to be back in his hometown again for this one. So that's another good fight on the undercard for us to see and, and how he does and, and whether he's ready for that step up, which I do believe he is. But I think this is just another way of, of pushing him up there. Scott Fitzgerald is on the card as well against Craig Morris. We've got the return to the ring of Gamalia Fire looking to keep up his activity as of recent. We've got Lewis Ritson on the undercard. And he is also headlining his event up in... Newcastle in October this year. This looks like it's just kind of getting him out as well, which is uh, a risk, really, would you say, considering he's got a big European title fight coming up? Well, whether it's just keeping him active, what would you... I want to see what you guys would say about that, actually, because... He's fighting uh, Oscar Amado, who's 10-7, and 7, which is 50-50 record near enough there, and, and, and this is going to be his biggest fight of his career, to be fair. So it's going to be quite interesting to see if he starts blowing away opposition like this. Again, I expect it. I'm not going to lie. I expect this to be uh, a blow away for Lewis Ritson. We've also got Kieran Conway on the undercard, Osman, Aslam, Keish, Ashfak, and we've got Stephen Donnelly, Shakiri Patera, and Sean McComb all on this stat card in Birmingham. But it's the return of Amakin Khan that I think a lot of people are focusing on uh, for this weekend, and that's that's a big fight for me. Return of Amakin is it's, it's a fight that, in terms of the, let's not get it wrong, right. Samuel Vargas is probably not at the same level as Amir Khan, but it's a big fight for him to return and get himself ready for another world title shot because, let's be honest, it's going to come sooner or later and whether they make the fight between Brook and Khan, if they don't, are we going to see Khan go at the welterweight champion 
whoever wins between the two opponents we're going to be talking about a little bit later on in the podcast. So I'm interested uh, to see how things go down on Saturday night on that card. It is going to be uh, a pretty decent card. It's a bit mixed but it is still a decent card. Uh, it's good that it's being put on Sky Sports and we're not having to pay on box office. That's a good thing. It, you know, you wouldn't want to pay for this just because of Amir Khan being the headline act. So I am happy that they are putting it on normal Sky Sports to be able to watch this weekend. So, other fights that are going on this weekend in the UK. Well, at the York Hall, Steve Goodwin's promotions, they've got an absolutely massive stacked card. I'm looking at it today on BoxRec and I knew they had uh, a lot of fights on the car because Elliot Stott, who works for Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat, is going to be reporting from there on Saturday night. And then when I looked down the bill just to see uh, how many fights were on, I was astonished to see that there was nearly, if not 20 fights on this bill. So I don't have a clue what time that one's going to start. Probably going to be a lot of four-round fights there, but it's going to be a long, long night for for Elliot there. So Steve Goodwin, uh, great promoter from the UK. He's got a great show on there this weekend at the York Hall. But the, the other action continues over in the USA and... There's a fight that I think everybody is looking forward to in the welterweight division, and the fight we've just been quickly alluding to there. And it's for the vacant WBC welterweight championship of the world. Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, do battle this weekend in the USA. Yeah, I train to win. You know, I don't, I don't train for nothing else. I want the belt. Simple as that. I still feel like no one can beat me. I can beat him to the punch, and I can hurt him. I got power too, on both hands. I need this fight for everything. Let's do it. I'm coming smart your ass to beat your ass. We ain't trying to spar, we trying to make some money. This is the Danny Garcia show, fuck out of here. gotta admit the promos are absolutely fantastic you know when you watch them and you listen to them and you think this is what gets you hyped for these type of fights you really get hyped for them by watching stuff like this and i can't wait for this fight this weekend danny garcia and sean port are doing battle for the wbc welterweight championship of the world now it is the vacant wbc welterweight championship of the world as vacated by keith thurman who beat danny garcia and has beaten sean porter as well so this is quite a, an interesting fight really for a guy like Keith Thurman who will be watching with a close eye I would imagine on this one because he's going to want to see who wins and he's going to want to challenge him I would have thought it'll be an interesting fight Hamed did ask me a few weeks back on the podcast who do I think will win this fight before I give my prediction on the fight, I just want to give a bit of a brief breakdown then of the two fighters. Danny Garcia, most of you that listen to the podcast will know of Danny Garcia and the, the fighter he is. Uh, he, he's a very good fighter. He's a very good fighter. He's beaten the likes of Amir Khan, uh, Nate Campbell, Kendall Holt. An aged Eric Morales, Zab Judah, Lucas Matisse, Lamont Peterson, Paulie Malinagi, Robert Guerrero, Samuel Vargas, and Brandon Rios, who he beat in his last outing earlier on this year. He has lost one and only time to Keith Thurman, where he lost the WBA, WBC titles, which was a great fight back in 
March of 2017, he had a year out, he comes back, beats Brandon Rios, probably past his best Brandon Rios, I think we'll all admit on that one, but this is the chance for him now to become a world champion once again against a great opponent in Sean Porter, who we have also seen against the likes of Awakel Brook, he's beaten Andre Berto, beaten Adrian Broner. He's beaten Paulie Malinagi, Devon Alexander, Julio Diaz, Phil LaGreco. We know all these opponents that we recognise here from some of the fights that we've talked about over the past few months. So he has got a great calibre uh, of opponents. The only losses on his record are to Keith Thurman and to Kel Brook. So it's, it's quite a good fight, this. And Hamed predicted earlier on, a couple of weeks back in the episode that we did, and his prediction was that Sean Porter was going to win this one. He's quite confident that he might take this one. And I don't know, to be honest with you, because it depends on what both guys have got left in the tank. I mean, they haven't really been in majorly career-ending fights. You know, like, they haven't been in these type of fights where you think that's taken something out of them as a fighter. You feel like they're both at the stage of their careers where they could still give a lot to the welterweight division. And I think this is why it's a really, really good fight because both of them are more than capable of holding their own against the other welterweights in this particular crop of welterweights in the division. So, for me, it's a, it's a big fight. And it's got a big fight feel to it. And I am quite excited. If I'm going to pick a winner for this one, I'm going to have to say, for me... If Danny Garcia can box the way he boxed in his previous fights against the likes of Robert Guerrero, Paulie Malinagi, Lamont Peterson and Matisse, I mean, these are a couple of years ago, but if he can box in that style that he's boxed these guys, he's got a good chance of beating Porter for me. But on the same sense, if Sean Porter can perform the way he's performed he can win as well. So it's quite for me. It's quite a 50-50 fight, I think, isn't it? I think that's the way we've got to look at this. It's a 50-50 fight. I think both guys are capable of winning. Both guys are capable of going on and having big fights in the division after this one. And both guys are capable of coming back after a loss. I don't think a loss would damage their records too much more. Danny Gassi's only lost the one to Thurman. Porter has lost to Brook and to Thurman, as I've said a little bit earlier on. But even a loss for Porter or for Garcia wouldn't be the end for them. It wouldn't be an over-the-hill comment about these two guys. You'd expect them to be able to jump straight back in with big-name fighters in the division. So I think this is a win-win situation for both guys. They both get themselves in a big main event, got the opportunity to win the green belt. I think this is going to be a great fight, and I am genuinely looking forward to this one as a nice warm-up for what's to come the following weekend with a Triple G and Canelo Part 2. So... That's a great fight, but there are also some other fights going on this weekend over in the USA, which I wanted to bring to people's attention. There is also the vacant WBO super flyweight title on the line with Donnie Nietz versus Aston Placite. Uh, that's going on this weekend as well. And another interesting fight, which is on the Garcia Porter undercard, which is Adam Koenake against Charles Martin. Now, Kowenaki is 17-0 at the moment, and his biggest name on his record is Arthur Skilper, or Skilpbilka, if I can pronounce it right. Apologies if I've got that one totally messed up. But that is a big fight for him, because he's a guy that not a lot of people will have seen in the heavyweight division. And we've got, well, 
Prince, or is it was it Prince Charles Martin? He called himself when he fought Joshua. Anyway, he's back. He's trying to make a return to the top. Great fight, this one. Great fight to look out for in the undercard. Two guys that are potentially going to get themselves into the mix for a world heavyweight title, probably within the next 18 months if they continue. So it's going to be an interesting weekend for boxing. Boxing season is officially starting, and it's a decent weekend to start with before we get the big one next weekend that we're all looking forward to seeing. So that rounds up the USA action for the week. Really, really great action to look forward to this weekend. And now, let's move on to the next segment of today's episode, which is, as always, this week in boxing history. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! The dream is made real! Ricky Hatton rocks the world! How do you like it? How do you like it? Do you know shit about boxing? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over! Mamma mia, he's done it! Yes, it's this week in boxing history, and let's discuss some of the great events that have happened in history with boxing, and this week in particular. So, I made a list, I compiled it together, and it's probably more about who was born this week in boxing history, because there's quite a few big names that were born this week in boxing history but there's also some really great little fights on there that i wanted to bring to people's attention uh, and maybe go on youtube these fights if you've not seen some of them already so the first one that i want to talk about is a birthday and it's the first of september 1923 when the rock rocky marciano was born rocco francis marciano Rocky Marciano, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, retired at 49-0, died prematurely in a plane crash, and a guy that a lot of people will always talk about and debate about over the years, about one of the great heavyweights and how he would have fared against some of the heavyweights of years gone by. If you've not listened to our Greatest Heavyweights episode, by the way, get listening to that one because Rocky Marciano does feature in that and we will go into a little bit more detail about him and his career and some of the notable fights he was in throughout history. Now, the next one on the list is another great one. On the 2nd of September, 1965, Lennox Lewis was born. Again, he also featured in the Greatest Heavyweights episode, which I strongly recommend if you've not heard it already. You should go and have a listen to that one because that's a, a really enjoyable one that me and Cole enjoyed doing a couple of months back. Now, Lennox Lewis, as we know, born in London, went to Canada as a kid, boxed for Canada in the Olympics, won a gold medal, comes back over to Britain and fights as a British fighter undisputed heavyweight champion beating Evander Holyfield back in 1999 I believe and then obviously goes on to have that great finish to his career and makes history basically now on the same day the 2nd of September in 1995 people will remember this one a lot of years will remember this one because this was a massive massive and great achievement for the man known as Big Frank Big Frank Bruno beats Oliver McCall over 12 rounds to finally capture the heavyweight crown. And it was the WBC, the green belt heavyweight crown that he captured back in 1995. Now, some little known facts about this particular fight is that 
he could have gone and fought for, I think it was the WBA title. He actually could have fought for that instead of fighting for the WBC title. I believe he was the mandatory at the time. However, this was a big money fight. This was an achievable win for him. And he was also told that if he wins this fight, he would get a big money fight in America with none other than Mike Tyson, who turned out to be his last fight of his career. So it's quite interesting when you hear little stories like that, that I actually never knew that until only a few days ago when it came up on boxing history and I was looking through and uh, I was reading some details that, uh, more about the fight and, and uh, something I actually never knew was he was actually already a mandatory for the WBA, I think it was WBA, title but then was swerved in this direction and the rest is history he wins the heavyweight title finally in london as well and and great piece of history and i do personally remember him winning that title and i also remember him losing it in the next fight to tyson well moving on then to the 7th of september and it's another birthday this time born in 1971 sugar shane mosley we know Shane Mosley, great fighter, moved up through the weights, beat the likes of Delahoya, had some great fights over the years. Probably nearly the first man to put Floyd Mayweather on his backside in that fight a couple of years back. Fantastic fighter and a guy that you should definitely go and check out if you don't know who he is. Also on the 7th of September, 1996, Mike Tyson knocked out Bruce Seldon in Las Vegas to retain the WBA heavyweight title. This date is also synonymous because it was also the same night after that event that Tupac Shakur was shot on a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it's a bit of a synonymous date, the 7th of September. It's, uh, it's something that always sticks out in my mind because, again, I do remember the Mike Tyson fight. And then I also do remember Tupac getting shot and subsequently dying a few days later. So it always springs to my mind that date when I hear about it. Anyway, moving on the 9th of September and it's 1983. The Hawk Aaron Pryor knocks out Alexis Arguello in 10 rounds in Las Vegas to retain the WBA super lightweight title. This is a fight that if you haven't seen it, you need to go and watch it on YouTube because it is one of the best fights you will ever see in a lower weight category. What an absolute stormer of a fight this was. Both fighters, two of the greats over the years. Really, really great fight. Back and forth all the way through until Aaron Pryor finally got through Alexis Arguello's defences and stopped him in the 10th round. Now, on the 10th of September, 1973, Muhammad Ali beat a very, very tough, hard-punching Ken Norton. Now, this was uh, an avenged defeat because Ali lost to Norton six months earlier by split scores uh, of seven rounds to five, six rounds to five to one drawn round, and five rounds to six to one drawn round. So, Muhammad Ali, back in 1973, beat Ken Norton, avenging that loss from six months prior. So, that concludes this week in boxing history. Now, before I move on to the final segment of today's podcast episode i just want to take a quick moment to talk about something that we've recently just launched here at beyond the ropes boxing podcast now when i moved the podcast over to podbean from soundcloud i didn't realize there was all these possibilities 
with Podbean and what you could actually do and the way you can advertise your podcast and the way you can promote this podcast and, and, and make it in, in from a good one to a great podcast. Now, one of the things that I noticed was that you can set up a Patreon account, which in some people's minds may be classed as glorified begging, but I don't see it like that personally because I listen to podcasts day in, day out, and I listen to some of them and I really, really, really enjoy them. And there's one podcast in particular that do a similar thing, which is a bold move. And they do all TV shows and they do all movies. And I really enjoy listening to them. Great. And if you've not checked them out, go and check them out. They're really good. But they do their Patreon as well. And they just charge, I think it's like a dollar or two dollars. This is about 80p or one pound 60 in English money. And for that, you get all access to all these different episodes that they've recorded, especially for people that support the podcast and all these live watches and all sorts of other things. And it got me thinking, I think we should do something like this now. I mean, we've been doing it a year. Uh, It's nearly one year now since we've been doing it. And we've had a great response to, you know, the, the episodes that we've had. And we've got some great amount of followers. And it may not look like that on Podbean at the moment because I've had to switch it over and it's new. But that will come back of course but I think it's a good way of you the listeners helping support this podcast it costs money to run this podcast it costs me money out of my own wages that I work for to to, to run it I have to store all the episodes online I have to pay to host it online it costs me money to do this and don't get me wrong I've chosen to do this because people will say that well you chose to do it I know I have but I enjoy it and what I would like to do is that all the guys that are listening I'm asking you if you can become a patron it'll cost you 80p to become a patron 80p a month that's it and what you'll get for that 80p a month is extra episodes specially recorded ones so we've got legendary nights and you know i've got great episodes which have been recorded specifically for the patrons legendary nights tales of the big fights over the years hearns hagler ali frazier ali foreman hatton zoo you know all these big fights over the years i've specially recorded episodes for these so that the patrons get access to stuff that isn't already available to the standard podcast listeners and it isn't to disrespect the standard podcast listeners because not all of them might be in a position to be able to do do the Patreon and, and donate to help this podcast. But the reason I'm doing it is because I want to get a little bit of assistance with the podcasting fees. And this is your way of, of saying you like this podcast, you enjoy this podcast, you want to get the additional content and you enjoy listening to the opinions of myself, of Hamed, of Cahill, uh, of anybody else that's been on the podcast in the past. And I think it's a really, really great way of you being able to do that. So before we head forward, I want you to go over to that website and have a look. It's http double dot forward slash forward slash patron dot podbean dot com forward slash btr boxing pod if you head over there have a look i'm not asking you to donate the world i'm not begging you to do it if you feel you can put atp towards it if i got 20 30 people donating atp on a monthly basis it covers the cost of hosting the show and that would be an absolute amazing gesture and I would really, really appreciate it. And we all would really appreciate it because it helps us then get more time to be able to do extra episodes 
because at the end of the day we all have to work we all have to go to our normal day jobs and do what we do for a living to support our families this just gives us the opportunity now to put more time aside to be able to record a lot more extra episodes without the hassle of worrying about the cost of the fees each month so guys head over have a look if you've got that ATP a month or if you're a US listener it's just one dollar please get over there have a look if you can find it within yourselves to do it, I absolutely love yous. If you don't, I'm not offended because you guys have been listening to me from day one and the guys that I've had on this show. So that is it. Let's move on. Let's get over to the final segment of today's episode, which is the news and gossip section. So let's talk about what's been going on over the past week for news and gossip. Well, there's quite a few to talk about this week, actually. As always, in boxing news, things change day in, day out. And the first one on the list is that the WBA have ordered Alexander Usyk versus Dennis Lebedev. According to Lebedev's manager, the Usyk is the WBA super champion. Lebedev is the champion in recess, which I absolutely hate. The champion in recess and all this palaver. But deadline for negotiations is October the 3rd slash 4th. So it's looking like he's putting a big spanner in the works here of the Belyusic fight because if he doesn't get in negotiations for this fight, he's potentially going to get it stripped and then that makes the Belyusic fight a little bit, and I say only a little bit less, uh, fantastic because it'll still be a fantastic fight either way. I think the WBA um, are being a bit arsy here because they know this fight. They probably know this fight's trying to be made between Bellew and Usyk and yet they're going to come along and say, right, Dennis Lebedev, we're going to put you in. You're the mandatory. We want you to fight for the WBA title. Right, come on, guys. At the end of the day, there's a massive fight that's being proposed here between two fantastic fighters, one great cruiserweight champion, one that's just won all the cruiserweight belts. It's going to be the biggest fight in the cruiserweight division. <laughs> possibly uh, up there of all time if this happens between Bellew and Usyk but yet the WBA have come along and put a bit of a spanner in the works here which is quite frustrating because I don't want to see Lebedev and Usyk I want to see Bellew and Usyk and if this happens or you know Usyk has to lose the title because of it then it's it's ridiculous hopefully Lebedev's team will step aside and say you know I'll fight the winner that would be the ideal situation here but knowing what boxing is like and the politics of it all and the fact that there's too many champions and champions and recesses and all this palaver is probably going to end up being WBA will strip him of it and we won't get to see the fight in its entirety as we wanted to see. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope Leverdez team to take some bloody payoff money and let the fight happen that we want to see. But knowing boxing and knowing the way it works, it's definitely going to be <laughs> WBA end up stripping him of his title. But hey-ho, I could be wrong. That might not happen. And we might get to see the Bell Usyk fight with all the belts on the line. So, you've probably heard in the past few weeks of Joe Joyce uh, being moved over to Big Bear and he's training at Golovkin's gym under Abel Sanchez. So, Sam Jones, SGM Boxing, is the manager of Joe Joyce and he has confirmed that he will be in a huge fight this December after his warm-up fight on September the 30th. Now, I've, I've said for a while I want to see Joe Joyce in a big fight because he's at 32 years of age, he's had some good fights and some not so good opponents and if he's going to go anywhere in the division he needs to get his skates on and he needs to get them on very quickly because we need to see him in big fights 
Do I believe he's got the ability to, to go on into the big fights? Yeah, of course I do. Absolutely. Why not? Don't wait around. Don't wait around. There's no point. He's 32 years old. Get him in the big fights. If you can make it happen, make it happen because we want to see him. Eddie Hearn has come out and said that Dillian White now looks to be the cast iron favourite to fight Andy Joshua on April the 13th at Wembley and he believes White will likely rematch Derek Chisora in the meantime. So, this has come out this week and we were talking a few weeks ago about the heavyweight dilemma and where these guys are going to go. Do I want to see a Dillian White and a Joshua rematch? A part of me always has done to be honest with you and I think it was a great first fight. Will it be a great second fight between them? That remains to be seen. Dillian White has dramatically improved but so has Anthony Joshua. We've seen him go through thick and thin now and we've seen what he's made of. I'd love to see it. We'll see what happens. I'd also love to see White and Chisora too as well. I think that'd be a great fight. I'd love to see that more than probably what I'll see Joshua and White. I think the White Chisora fight has definitely got more of a needle between them just because of the sole fact that it was quite a close contested fight and a closely scored fight and some people didn't believe White deserved to be the victor in that one. So I would probably like to see that one first. If it turns out to be Dillian White in April, then I'm not going to be disappointed with it, providing he does come through his rematch with Chisora, should that actually happen. Now, this week also, Leo Santa Cruz has declared he wants to have that trilogy fight with Cal Frampton in 2019. He's pretty confident it can be made, and he's now training at present for his November return. So, I've said this again, I want to see that fight as well. It, you know, it gets the juices flowing. People want to see it. It's one of the best fights in the division, and I'm so glad he's come out and, and said, yeah, I want this fight, because everybody wants to see it. We're going to see Warrington and Frampton next, and if Frampton gets through Warrington, which is no easy feat, that'd be a fantastic fight to see the rubber match they've got one apiece we all want to see it great trilogies over the years that we've seen Gatti and Ward over the years that's the one that sticks out in my mind Morales Barrera Pacquiao Marquez you know great fights over the years that I've been in the ring together on numerous occasions and I think Frampton and Santa Cruz are made for each other and it's a fight that everybody would like to see again so I am glad to hear that Leo Santa Cruz is talking about getting this fight going next year Paddy Fitzpatrick, trainer of Luke the Duke Watkins, has confirmed that Luke Watkins is signed to fight the returning Isaac Chamberlain in a domestic cruiserweight clash on October the 27th, which is a matchroom show at the Copper Box in London. Great return for Luke Watkins. Am I expecting to, to see a great fight between these two? Well, I don't know what to expect if this should come off, because obviously we're, we're looking to see Isaac Chamberlain back in the ring, and we haven't seen him back in the ring as yet, and I don't know what is going to come of that, whether he's going to be fully recovered from them injuries are them injuries gonna test the waters with him in that fight it's a big fight for him to jump back in with definitely I wasn't expecting him to be in that fight I would have expected him to be in a tune-up fight both of them to be honest with you because they both come off the back of losses to the same man in Lawrence Coley. so we'll see it'd be a good fight risky but a really good fight I think and finally this week we talked about it earlier on in the show Eddie Hearn has confirmed that Kell Brook is set to move back down to welterweight in order to secure a big fight against either Amir Khan or Manny Pacquiao towards the end of the year that's quite interesting that he's come out and said that because we were talking about Amir Khan facing Brook or Pacquiao and it also sounds like Eddie Hearn's got plans for Pacquiao either way he wants Pacquiao in with either Brook or Khan so he obviously has plans to make a big fight with Pacquiao and it's probably likely that if he can make the fight with either one of these two guys then it's going to be a case of getting him over 
to the UK for a big fight and Wembley Stadium. I mean, Manny Pacquiao, regardless of the fact that he's old, he's still got something there and people will still pay to see it. He's loved in the Philippines. He's loved by fans across the world for what he's done in boxing. And people do still want to see him in the ring, regardless of what people say about him. So a fight with either the British contingent would be great for boxing. It would definitely put bums on seats. It definitely would do pay-per-view buys over here in the UK. And I'm not surprised Eddie Hearn wants to try and snap up Manny Pacquiao for this because either way, whichever man comes through and gets the fight at the end of it all, it's going to sell. So good business acumen is always there for Mr. Hearn. Quite interesting that he has got Pacquiao in his sights for one of his fighters. And I'd look forward to seeing either one of them fights, to be fair. So fair play to him for that one. I was reporting earlier about the Usyk and Bellew fight and just as we were recording the episode I was just quickly checking the news to also find out that Hearn has made a statement to say that this fight between Usyk and Bellew doesn't look like it's going to happen now because of the fact that the WBA have ordered Lebedev as a mandatory which it's pissing me off <laughs> to think about it to be honest because I don't want to see Lebedev and Usyk I want to see Bellew and Usyk and it's just so annoying when you get a governing body that come along and basically piss all over these big fights that people want to see. And you wonder why people get annoyed with boxing and the politics of it. This is a prime example of why that is. And this is definitely my rant of the week for this week. Because at the end of the day, we don't want to see all this champion and recess bullshit. What we want to see is one true champion in the division. I know it's never going to be that way again, but I want to at least see one true champion for each governing body that is around. I don't want to see a champion in recess, an interim champion, a champion whatever they want to bloody make up for this. I don't want to see it. I just want to see one true champion. The World Boxing Super Series has done wonders for the Cruiserweight division. The way that everybody got involved, the division was unified at the end of it all and now WBA are going to come along piss all over that and try and put boxing back to the way it was before World Boxing Super Series come along and did wonders for that particular division it is annoying it's going to ruin a fight that is going to be great if it happened but now we start asking yourself what's going to happen now is Bellew going to fight again uh, is he going to chase a fight with somebody else now are we going to see Yusek and Lebedev yeah probably uh, it's just so annoying that these things happen. So frustrating. I don't know if anybody's seen social media this week and seen Daniel Dubois' social media account. I had a picture with uh, Alexander Povetkin after they just sparred and quite a lot of comments about the uh, the redness of Povetkin's face and it looked like Dubai might have given him a bit of a hard time over there in Russia. I think Dubai is one guy that a lot of people are looking forward to seeing how they proceed in the future because he's got this reputation of being a fearsome opponent, although he's very early on in his career, and we want to see him in with the big names. He's got Kevin Johnson next, which is a good way to step him up from some of the opponents he has been in with, but you do want to start to see him after that get in with bigger and better opponents. But yeah, it's, it's good to see that um, they're getting in some really good sparring there. Obviously, they, they look at Dubai as a sort of carbon copy of Joshua, and I think that has been said in the past, so... I think you, you, you kind of see where the Povetkin camp are going with that. But judging off that photo alone, if photos are interpreting anything, it looks like uh, Povetkin's had a bit of a peppering 
in that sparring session or he's struggled at least in that sparring session and we'll see how he gets on in a couple of weeks time when he fights Anthony Joshua for the world heavyweight crowns that'll be an interesting fight which we'll cover in a couple of weeks time we've got Canelo and Triple G next weekend I cannot wait for that that will be the focus of next week's episode Uh, we've also got another extra episode coming this week for you Uh, it's going to be predominantly focused on the new boxing season as it is fast approaching and we're going to talk about some of the big fights that are already happening and some of the fights that we do want to see for this new season in boxing also get yourselves over onto our beyond the ropes boxing podcast website via podbean you know where to find it it's www.beyondtheropesboxingpodcast.podbean.com and you can find our old little mini website with all our episodes on and it looks pretty cool and i'm really happy i've made that switch over now because i do prefer podbean i've got to admit it so far it's been it's been great it's been really good for, for the podcast and, and providing me with great analytical stuff I'm actually getting to see really in-depth information that I couldn't see before now and it's getting to me to understand that we've got listeners in the USA which I, I kind of knew anyway but I wasn't 100% sure uh, listeners in the USA obviously a lot of listeners here in the UK listeners from Sweden from Australia you know it's great if you guys are listening thank you so much for downloading the podcast and listening to it because I really appreciate it and I hope you're enjoying it so guys I think that sums it up for me this week in this episode hopefully I'm looking to get Hamed back on next week also next week's episode we should have an exclusive from Darren Barker Uh, ESBR's reporter Belinda Hamilton sat down with him a couple of weeks back for an article she was writing and she managed to get a good chat with him as well which she recorded the audio for and asked him some great questions about what he's up to about his career so I'll hopefully get that into next week's episode as well and finally as always social media follows get on there now at BTR Boxing Pod find us on twitter find us on facebook beyond the ropes boxing podcast you know the website now you know where to find us get listening to the episodes get downloading the episodes get sharing it sharing and word of mouth is the biggest thing that all you listeners can do for this biggest thing i know i talked about the patron stuff earlier if you want extra episodes and you want to support it in one way that is a great way of doing it and an appreciated way of doing it but more than that sharing these episodes on social media is huge and it's what helps make this from a good podcast into a great podcast so guys thanks very much for listening wherever you are and whatever time you're listening to this at thanks very much for listening and until next time ciao for now Network.